Okay. Anchor is away. <laughs> okay. Happy Pride Month, everybody. It's episode 10 of On the BA. On it. <laughs> Season one, final episode, tenth episode. I never thought I would get to ten episodes, especially since I was supposed to get to ten weeks ago. <laughs> I digress, but um, I was so thrilled to not only have the luxury of participating in Pride Month virtually, but also to save one of my best interviews for the end in honor of Pride Month, and that is with comedian extraordinaire, Toronto-based Al Val. Real name, Algis Valulius. Valu, I practice how to say this, and I got it wrong. Um, you can look it up. It's it's like a long spelling anyway. It's it's. But he goes by Al Val. Al Val was a comedian that I've had the pleasure of working with a few times in stand-up, and I was immediately struck by Al's manic and hyper-funny presence and his face. Not necessarily considered hard on the eyes, Al has been a comic tour de force in the Toronto and outlying scenes, and I've had the privilege to work with him, and when I asked him to do this podcast, he said yes immediately. Um, I was struck by not only the honesty and the funny quality that he puts into his weekly podcast, Podgis, P-O-D-G-I-S, and you can find the link for that. Uh, I don't know, I'll put it somewhere in my social media, you'll find it. But uh, I was moved by one of the episodes I listened to where Al, who had been recently performing in The Clothes of Women, uh, you know, almost like sort of a comedian with sort of a a drag tinge to it, uh, that he was opening up about his struggles with his own gender identity and how he was going to move forward from here. Uh, This is something that is very much a, a current topic in, you know, our culture, but is also one that is vastly, vastly misunderstood, kind of like Al himself. Uh, I was so pleased to be able to interview him, and I think you'll see in the interview that follows the rawness, the realness, and just the hilarity that is at this person's soul. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to be, you know, rounding out my, my top 10 here for my first season of On the PA. So I'm going to stop blathering because, uh, you know, I, I got things to do. But uh, without further ado, I bring to you my interview with the one, the only, Al Val. Al Val. Al Val, are you there? Hello, Patrick. Hello. How are you? Now, I've researched this. Is it Valulis? Uh, close. Val, yeah. Valiulis. You Valley. gotta go. So you pronounce yeah. the I and the U. Yep. Yep. Ah, Valiulis. All right. And Al just being your actual first. I mean, I like the name Al Val. I think it's brilliant, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it's Al just Valiulis. Exactly. Junior. I'm named after my dad. Junior. Now, did your teachers have a hard time with that? Did they mangle it? Yeah, almost always. Like when they announced your birthday on the announcements, was it always like a pause? Like, and uh, happy birthday to uh, Al. Like, was was there a temper? Like, you could tell like they were struggling. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Every time. I mean, that's why I shortened it to Al Val as a stage name because I was going by Al Valulis though 
at the beginning and it was just it was a mess it would be a mess it's and a like of, it's a lot of assonance it's a lot of internal rhyme like <laughs> yeah yeah totally totally it's a beautiful name don't get me wrong but i can see why you know in north america we would struggle with anything you know i mean when students come here from china we give them like american names like her name is like Z-Way, but we call her like Gertrude, like just right, yeah, we don't yeah, yeah. bother learning how to pronounce a Chinese name. But, <laughs> um, so how have you been doing? I've been doing okay. I, uh, I'm i happy things are opening back up again. I got to be honest. Yeah. You know what? Like Toronto, what stage are you guys in? We are, uh, patios are open for bars and stuff, but I think indoors is still no bueno. Yeah. We have a, like you can go but they have like a, a ratio it's like only 25 percent of the store which actually for shopping is amazing because i don't want it like at full capacity it was great i was going through the aisles there's nobody around like Ooh. luxury winners thank you are, when can, are here for live comedy i mean it's going to be probably not till september but uh are they any indication of that in toronto it's going to be expedited in any way or i highly doubt it i feel like we're going to be last across the finish line really just mm -hmm. because of how dense our population is yeah but um i believe look this is and and <laughs> forgive me for being pretty uninformed but i believe doug ford was supposed to make some sort of announcement uh about the more specific time timeline of things yeah but i do know that outdoor shows are good and they're happening and some people complain but the accounts that i've heard the police show up and they're like you kids, you just, you keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the <laughs> Lord's work. <laughs> and then they whistle and swing their baton as they walk away. <laughs> well, they're trying to make up for the bad PR they've been getting. So you know, they add a little that <laughs> yeah. now to their, their noise complaints. Yeah, a little bit of yeah that's what I was thinking too. Like these, by, by all accounts, these cops sound like they're overcompensating. Like they're showing up, pulling up on a skateboard. Like, hey, <laughs> kids, what's up? You got a show going? That's cool. I'm just here to hang. Gnarly, man. <laughs> what's the vibe check like? Do I need to do some copping? <laughs> just kidding, man. I'm your pal. I'm here to make friends. Yeah, no body cams on. Don't worry. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but recently you've had some pretty exciting, uh, like from what I could see, you were on the CBC. Yes. Yes, yes. And tell us about that because I was so thrilled. I, oh, I'm, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm on, deal, it's, yeah, you know, I've been doing comedy for 14 years now. Almost, yeah, almost 15 years. Yeah, I started when I was 18. You look like you're still 18. Oh, Patrick, you, well, good thing this is all done on audio because <laughs> you would change your mind post-haste. Uh, I love that word. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, CBC Gem, man, it was uh, JFL Northwest in Vancouver, and it was my first taping, and it was just the culmination of all those years of hard work uh, compounded on the fact that, like, you know, I had just come out on the night of the taping. I literally, it was the anniversary of the two years. It was a two year anniversary since the first time I like spoke about any of it on stage, like essentially right. coming out on stage. So it was really yeah. poetic too, at the same time. For sure. Now, what was the name of it? So people can, can search it. Right. Uh, it's on CBC gem, the CBC gem app, which is free to sign up. I know it's discouraging to people. They don't bother you with emails or whatever. Whatever, just get it. It's free. Uh, yeah. CBC Gem, and the show is called New Wave of Stand-Up, and I am episode three. 
yeah, the new wave of stand-up. I did search it up. It's on YouTube, but you have to pay like two dollars for the episode. But oh. spare a toonie, uh, if you don't want to, you know, download an app because you know that's outside of your, uh, you know, margin of technology. Uh, it is on YouTube. I did look for it. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet because again, like I haven't had the two dollars. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? Don't spend that money because uh, it's none of it's going to me. So You're worth a toonie, yeah, don't worry. But I, if anyone wants to see it, I'll post a link to it on my, uh, uh, on this forum later yeah um i'm bad with that sort of thing like i always forget on instagram you can't really link stuff so you have to put in your bio so i'll paste the same message from facebook into instagram and it's like here's the link below and there's no link and people yeah are like, what are you doing to us like what's happening but that's that's excellent so now uh what was that like did they have a lot of live audience for that yeah so it was filmed in march it was filmed last march so it was like right literally like i think they shut everything down pretty hard in toronto like two weeks later literally literally it was like, like right on the gray. yeah yeah so i got in just in time for something like that that's amazing though that's awesome yeah and it was so, sweet it was my first ever like major festival not something you know i've done quote-unquote festivals before but like you know it's it would be in fucking was Sega in Collingwood and, and there's just a bunch of bikers standing on a dirt patch and you're standing on this fucking plank. Oh, am I allowed swearing? Did I just ruin the whole thing? Okay. All right. Good. And you're just standing on some, uh, like some scaffolding that you yeah. could tell they stole from a construction site. <laughs> so this was like the production value and, you know, and they put me up in a nice hotel and they treated me well and wow. it was really cool. Got to, you got to go to BC, which is cool. Yeah, and I love Vancouver. Not okay. So, like I said, not only was it the two-year anniversary of my coming out on stage, but it was in the same city too. Get out! Like I had come out in Vancouver at that Vancouver Yucks two years Shut prior up. to the date. So it was just so it was That's you know serendipitous, if I may use the word. <laughs> totally, hundred percent. So. Well, I mean, it's Pride Month, and again, this is my tenth episode, and I'm gonna kind of cut this off for season one because. Um, I'm going to come take a summer hiatus, I think, but uh, come back in the fall. So I wanted you to be the 10th sort of cap off Pride Month as well. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, because there's been a lot of cool things happening. And, you know, I mean, we got a, a, a crosswalk here, thanks to my friend Fallon and uh, the powers that be here in Niagara Falls. And there's actually one in St. Catharines. And ironically, it's the one in St. Catharines that got recently vandalized, which is a bigger city. But let's oh, not even talk about that. Yeah. I didn't know what they said, but I mean, I'm sure, you know we can all think of the same terms that are probably scrawled across it, but whatever. Um, but I, I, I was really, really moved by, uh, I, I was listening to your podcast and then you start talking about for the first time, you know, identifying yourself as trans and how this was, you know, sort of a major shift to what you had been presenting. Whereas before you were just, you know, doing comedy and drag, which I still thought was rock and roll, very punk rock, but it became now, you know, something that was part of your identity. So that was sort of what I wanted to touch on. If you don't mind speaking about it, because I was again, so moved by, uh, his podcast, in case I didn't mention this, is called Podgis, all right? It's available on Spotify. Look it up. I will link that as well. But, uh, I, and I just listened to the last one you did where you're talking about, uh, um, oh, about the Kermit hands. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> but when, what, was the, what was the topic, though, about people giving the Kermit hands? They're like, yay! <laughs> oh, oh, when, uh, oh, uh, the old trope of, like, dude in a dress. And, yes. and you know, Will Ferrell can just walk yes. out from, from backstage in a wig and a dress and everybody does everybody waggles their hands like they're kermit the frog like yeah <laughs> ah, 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 he's in a dress yeah so true, I mean, 
like the stigma and, and you said something really really that stuck with me about how you know in stand-up comedy it's still you know a dude in a dress getting laughs and it's almost sort of like the old you know 50s style of like you know like someone like you know uh, what's his name with the ski nose uh <laughs> the ski nose talk to all the troops uh bob hope someone like him you oh know, right yeah obviously ironically in a dress, but now, I mean, there's been a culture shift and we see so much more space for LGBTQ plus performers. But I mean, unless you're in a city like Toronto, even if you're in a city like Toronto, there is still a lot of stigma around trans, around uh, non-binary, around people performing in these spaces, even if they're an LGBTQ event. But uh, I just want to know what's been your experience so far. Uh, that's a big question. I know, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Here. In a nutshell. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Um, I never really, so the, the thing is, I never really identified as a drag queen. It was never sort of, it was, no. I'm, uh, and I'm still trying to kind of navigate the line and how to properly articulate it because, um, like it was more of an identity based thing. I'd been repressing my quote unquote cross dressing all my entire life. Yeah. And so it was finally like this, this burst to this expression of it all. And of course, you know, when you, my, all my trans friends confirm this, but when you first sort of come out, you overcompensate and you try to be as ladylike as possible. You really, uh, forgive the pun, but you really dig your heels in, into this new identity and like the makeup is, and you're new to it too. Right. So you're still learning the tricks. So a lot of the makeup can kind of look a bit overdone i want to be careful with my words here <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot like a nighttime look for the day kind of yeah, yeah 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 yeah, totally 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 and and like spangly dresses and heels on stage and and like i can see why people would misinterpret that as drag because it seems a lot more performative of course um now what was your now you mentioned you said you've been struggling with this your your whole life so do you remember like around what age that was becoming like a source of tension for you like when did it start becoming oh wait this may be something i really like um there were little little tiny little tiny signs growing up like I, yeah. this is going to be a weird reference but just yesterday i realized i remembered um did you ever play final fantasy 7 uh i've played final fantasy i don't know if 7 in particular but go ahead no references too weird Okay. Um, there is one point in the game. I never played it, but I was, I remember being at a friend's house and there's a part in the game where your main character, a male has to infiltrate some kind of uh, a, a, a secret cult or something like that. Just a secret group. And yeah. they, and it's got like pretty obtuse homoerotic overtones. Right. <laughs> and Part of it is I, down. Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And part of this little episode in the game is that your character, I think, has to dress up as a woman and has to get like a makeover done and transform oh. in order to fit in. And I remember that was that being like a, a that's my earliest recollection of any sort of a light bulb triggering moment where where I something in my head. It obviously wasn't any sophisticated thought, but it was just enough for me to be like what <laughs> and yeah yeah so that's as far back as i can remember it yeah. occurring but like it really it really started developing during puberty right when my hormones are kind of raging and it's and it's sure. all juvenile and and mixed in with you know sexual urges and it's all kind of muddied together 
yeah, brutal humiliation, uh, you know, body images. Yeah, 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 right? You know, self-hatred and, you know, zits and like, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with that on top of it, I mean, you know, there's, with now, I believe with pop culture, I mean, you know, people understand gay and lesbian, you know, there's no, they kind of get it more. They, they cross that whole, you know, it's a mental illness kind of BS, but we're seeing that resurgence with the trans community and with non-binary, we're seeing such a backlash, but um, it's, you know, to me, it, it, it still comes under, like, if you just Google it and find reputable sources, it's not that hard to understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you. I mean, going through that experience and having that, living that experience is, of course, basically, you can't describe it in words, but for people to, to, to not get it, I don't understand what they're not getting maybe it's me i mean because you know i'm i'm entrenched in this but like is they act as though it's like you know trying to understand like uh, the black hole theory you know i mean like it's it's not yeah like why why it really isn't and i think in in those cases they're they're way over complicating it they're making it unnecessarily way more than it actually is yeah because and that's and and the best example of that is really like having a conversation with a child about it is just yeah. so easy. Like the kids first get time it. Kids, <laughs> kids get it, kids, kids get it. Not only do they get it, but they don't even fucking care. And it's yeah, so cool. That's, that's the beauty of it. Like that's really the model we should adopt is like, you know, they understand what it is and they move on. They don't like go, well, what does this mean for the American family? It's like, well, what nothing like <laughs> <laughs> yeah the american family is fine well not yeah, really but yeah let's oh, oh. but i mean like it's it to me it's always you know it suddenly becomes like a political issue and it becomes like people who have no connection or experience with people in the community suddenly it offends them in there and it's i don't get it like you know straight people do a lot of things that i would like to question but i don't think you know <laughs> yeah yeah right I mean, it's it was heartwarming. I have I have a niece and nephew uh, who are now uh, six and four, I believe. Yeah. Awesome. And last so last year, it was around my birthday. Um, I haven't seen them in ages, and I and I miss them so dearly. And um, it was my birthday, and my sister was like, "Hey, the kids would love to Facetime with you." And I was I was about to leave to go celebrate. I, I don't think I actually left, right? It was, we were quarantining. But I was spending the day in like full female presentation, right? Right. And and obviously I was already out. and But this was the first instance of me sort of showing the kids that side of yeah. my... Yeah, yeah. And, and there was like kind of an hour-long exchange between my sister and I where we were kind of humming and hawing about it and... And overcomplicating it again, just yeah. believing mistakes to be something that they really, really weren't. And so, now, did they, did they know your niece and nephew? Did they know like about this before? A little bit. I feel like, to my memory, I think my sister basically kept it simple with them and was like, "Hey, your your uncle likes to dress up in different clothes that a lot of people say belong to women, but it makes him happy, and that's all that matters. And we all yeah. love him. Blah blah blah. Keep it really simple, right?" Yeah, that, and that's literally the simplest it can be, and that's all people really need to know. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly how that FaceTime ended up happening. Like, we we booted up the, the phones, and as soon as my image came up, the kids in just one time were like, why is Uncle Aggie dressed like that? 
And my sister was like, well, because he enjoys it and he's not hurting anybody and he's the yeah. same person we all know and love. And then they were like, okay, hey, Uncle Aggie, I drew a picture of a turtle. Do you want to see it? <laughs> and it was five seconds yeah. max and we were done with it. So, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, there's always this outcry of, you know, won't somebody please think about the children? And it's like, well, I'm more concerned with the adults than the children. The children, absolutely. You know, they're at an age where they don't overcomplicate things because they don't have this, you know, context of, you know, societal bullshit that they would bring into it. And, you know, I'm not saying that all kids would accept it or understand it, but I mean, I think they would be more receptive to it I mean, that's why ghosts appear to kids because they still believe. You know what I mean? It's only when we become mm -hmm. adults that they start hiding and scratching us in our sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just recently came out to uh, your family. Um, yeah, as as trans. And yes. Um, like I was going by gender fluid for the longest time, but I've and I haven't made this quite I haven't done a public announcement quite yet because okay. um you know, as you know, in the podcast, I'm kind of, I don't know if I mentioned it in that particular episode, but I'm just kind of like, I'm taking it really slow. I'm taking yeah. a low dosage of hormones and I'm just sort of, if, as these changes happen, I'm I'm going to address them head on and, and sure. keep checking in with myself to make sure it's what I want. Right. That's great. Because I don't have the luxury of that, that uh, mainstream narrative. That's like, I always knew since I was a child, I always, always knew. Yeah. And it's like, that narrative is not as common as people believe all the trans people that I've spoken to. It was a long grueling process of self-discovery and yeah. baby steps and making mistakes and, and really uh, just dissecting your identity, breaking it all down and rebuilding it yeah. again. So um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a great deal of, I mean, you know, in my experience with it, you know, I think with, when it comes to your identity, like aside from sexuality, let's say, like who you think you are as a person, uh, that always changes and it's always, you know, becoming, you know, becoming, I guess. And mm -hmm. there's a self-actualization that we're all going to try and reach for, but we never actually achieve according to certain psychiatrists or whatever. <laughs> but I think that when it comes to that, there's a bit of a, yeah, more complexity because with sexual orientation, it's sort of like, it's an urge. It's something that is immediate. It's something that you have really no control over. And, you can ignore that because I did, you know, and you can repress that and push it down and try to reorient your thinking. But again, it just leads to a break. It leads to, you know, mental sickness. It leads to self-hatred. But mm -hmm. with something like identity, you know, it's it's even more complex because it's not quite an urge, but it's also there's a layer there of what you're already presenting versus what you think your authentic self would be. And that takes a lot of mental work. It takes a lot of exploration. So I have you know no doubt that it takes a long time to, to figure that out and i guess and there's no rush for anybody who is i mean there's you know you have a long life of figuring that out and it's just sad that instead of that being embraced and that adding to like the human experience like look here's another shade of what human beings can can be we see it as something to fear and something to stigmatize you know in mm -hmm. the first like indigenous cultures which we're celebrating this month you know they have two-spirited and they they revere that they think it's a place of wisdom to house the male and the female simultaneously imagine that yeah <laughs> imagine right how, revered how sophisticated and beautiful is that now for for your experience now how did you when you first went out on stage presenting as female like that must have been nerve-wracking is probably not even a strong enough word were you nervous uh yeah i was terrified <laughs> 
Um, when was, oh man, my memory sucks. Um, I will say this. I mean, uh, I, I mentioned it at one point in, in another episode, but like there's this, uh, in my journey, there was like this real, there was this, like this new learned agoraphobia, this, this terrifying yes. fear of going outside again. Yes. And obviously uh, the, the privilege and the luxury of presenting as male and dare I say it like a, a, a passably attractive uh, male. Passably attractive. <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit there. <laughs> thanks, I'll get thanks. to that in a minute. But keep going. Oh dear. Um, like I, you know, I, I enjoy an enormous amount of privilege. And so there's this huge, huge shift and, and it becomes this agoraphobic experience where I'm just now terrified of being so vulnerable and humiliated, outed, uh, attacked even. So yeah. even setting identified and, and, and outed. And it's just like, it's been an unlearning it, like a sudden learning of agor agoraphobia and an un gradual unlearning of it. So I can tell you that even though I'm going to have to like, I would have to think on that very first time I went on stage uh, presenting as female, I can tell you that the feeling I know for sure I was terrified. Yeah. How was it received? Do you remember? Probably delightfully. God, yeah. I, I, I'm I like, I'm going to remember it as soon as we stop recording and be like, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, it was this. <laughs> um, but I I know for sure that I did it somewhere where it was encouraged and celebrated and just every joke probably popped just because there was so much. It Not, not that they were gr good jokes. I'm sure I was working out some really new raw material and just mm -hmm. living through the experience. But like... I, I I vaguely remember that first experience being incredibly supportive. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, is there ever like a contention where, and again, not that you would have to do this, but would you have to like tell like whoever is organizing the show that this is what you're doing or is it just you show up and this is what it is? Or do they already know? Um, it's for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time, yeah. I would tell people one or the other, or I would, and, and I'm trying to work past this. I would sort of trepidatiously ask if it's okay. I would ask oh. for permission a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, and I understand that completely because, you know, there's suddenly this feeling of you're doing something wrong and that's completely, you know, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, no, I mean, if anything, they would be doing something wrong by saying <laughs> that you couldn't, but I think that, you know, just so, they know what they're getting. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something that I would consider. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you'd handle it very well. And, you know, ho hopefully, I mean, we're in an artistic space where that would not be a problem. Um, we may, I may be speaking sort of naively here, but you know, I know, I, yeah, I can't even imagine you're trying to work this out for yourself, you know, and then in the circle of people who know you and, you know, I remember when I came out, someone said to me, you know, well, there's no rush, you know, it's when you're comfortable, you don't have to like get up on a stage and, announce it through a megaphone and literally that's what you're doing <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I have a better example so i mean like you know in a way maybe it helps but in the way it's 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 baptism by fire i guess yeah yeah and that's that's a really good point is but i think that is actually partially what has lent itself to my success over the past two years is yeah i'm being like as i'm having these experiences 
I'm writing about them and sharing them. So, yeah. so people are catching a live glimpse into what I'm going through as I'm going through it. And I think there's something really special about that because none of it's perfect by, by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm, I'm, I'm clumsy and I'm making mistakes and I'm unlearning a history of, of masculine patterns and, and thoughts and, and socially ingrained norms. And I'm, yeah. And I'm looking at them through this lens of this middle gray area ground where I'm trying to search for my identity and like there are parts of me that I struggle to love and accept. So I think these are all pretty universally human experiences, but it's through a sort of a, a novel telling of it all. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's why I think it's so powerful. I mean, like I listen to your podcast and it's like, you know, there is a lack of uh in my search anyway, of, you know, resources for someone who is more exploring identity and transness and, and someone who's in real time, you know, talking about this and it's not about, you know, getting surgery or anything like that. It's more just about the preliminary stages of revealing this about yourself and, you know, getting the reactions from people. And I think that's really powerful because there's an, an erasure of trans history. I mean, there's already an erasure of gay history, but trans history you know there's even less in terms of who broke those boundaries and who went out and you know there's an absence of even culture around it to, to relate mm -hmm. to. yeah and again like it's always been seen as a you know comic relief it's always been seen as like you know some like it hot or uh dame edna or you know something you know that was supposed to be a parody of a woman but not a woman mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think that we'll see in the next five years a big shift as more space is made but you know you're on the forefront of that and i think that that's amazing I think it is amazing, but even as you're saying that, I I am convinced that give it another 20 years and I'm going to be looked at as some kind of a problematic clown. <laughs> Why? Why would you think that? I don't know. Like some of these jokes, I'm sure will not age well, and eventually we're going to have better language for all these things. Like I sometimes you know I struggle with. I sometimes I'm self conscious about some of my jokes that I come out and basically, I think people tend. I'm I'm. I'm informed a little bit by that past of like dude in a dress gets a laugh. So I do kind of take a lot of liberties in, in poking fun at myself. I, sure. I really dig in and I'm like, yeah, look, I'm just a dude in a dress, which kind of, it hurts me every time that I say it. Yeah. But, but you know, I know in 20 years, people are going to look back and be like, wow, Al, Al did have a little, Al did, Al was pushing the envelope, but it was kind of two steps forward, one step in a way. Back, but I think you that's know. you saying that to yourself. I think that, you know, if anything, there's a space there when you say it, like it's supposed to, it, it flips that because, you know, it's not it, it traditionally to me, it's been, you know, a man looking terrible in, in a dress. Do you know I mean like looking like a grotesque parody? You know, I mean, there, it's obviously not a woman. It's a guy who sloppily applies female accoutrement and tries to get a laugh. Whereas yours, I mean, you know, and if anyone has not seen pictures of Al, I will post them. Uh, you know, you, you rock it pretty hard. I mean, you know, you, you got some numbers. Uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, and I'm like, girl, that's the way to go. Um, and I think that you're you're projecting that onto the audience, but maybe people aren't seeing it that way. And and if anything, you know, there's a fear even when you get up on stage, even as a gay person. You know, I would sometimes self-deprecate. And there's a point to where I'll do it, and I'm fine with it because it's not just about being gay; it's just about me in general. Because this is who I am, and I'm just this kind of person. Mm -hmm. But I think that once that is set like worked out the audience wants you to succeed more than anything and yeah. i think that i mean your presentation is you know it's it's manic it's it's very it's very fast paced and 
I think that's always been you. I mean, it's just now it's in a different packaging and I think it's a more authentic packaging. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And I, and I do agree with it. Like there, even though these, even though the aesthetics are sort of changing and the material itself is definitely changing. I, I feel like, you know, at the core, I'm still, I'm still who I've always been. And I, and I do really, you know, I hesitate to give myself any sort of praise uh, because my act is like when I make fun of how I look, it is a projection of my, of my self-esteem and and my self-image. Like I'm, you can say I look great, but I'm nitpicking at like my five o'clock shadow and how much I foundation I had to goop on my face. And the fact that if I take this wig off, my hair is, I look like Heath Ledger's Joker from (laughs) Dark Knight. I find that incredibly hot, by the way. I do. When I went to see that, it was the most terrifying because I had this whole thing about the Joker. It's a long story. And it was terrifying. But at the same time, I was like, I would marry that man. (laughs) That's my guy. But I think, too, you know what? Like, uh, there's a I think everybody does that. I mean, anyone who goes up on a stage, you know, I like I cringe to watch any footage of me doing stand up because it's like the laser point focus of criticism is inescapable i i literally tear apart every little nuance that i do and it almost becomes like i just want to listen to it and not see it mm-hmm. yeah but yeah have, absolutely. you know to get better but yeah if i can uh bring up one thing i remember most about well first time the first time i met you uh you had come to showtime and you know your name was just al val and i'm like oh that's pretty you know it zips it pops i like that um I wondered what it was short for. And then I saw you and I was like, Ooh, like, <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> and I think he must be the entertainment. Cause like, I don't know. There's something about you kind of Sean about that. And uh, when we were at, do you remember we were in Dunville and we were doing a show for uh, Lacey and uh, <laughs> it was you, me and bones. And we were standing waiting to go on and we looked up at the community board and there was this flyer for the death cafe. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and you said, give that to me. I'm going on with this. And you did like five minutes. Dunk death cafe. <laughs> I still don't quite understand what the hell it is. Dunk death. Yeah. Me too. Tell me what it is. Yeah. That was, I still remember that. Cause I mean, it, it, to me, it was like so brilliant that again, like you looked at something, you grabbed it and you're like, and I'm going on. And again, that was in the moment you were coming up with all that shit. And I was just like, this guy is the real deal. I love that. <laughs> and I still don't know what the death cafe is. Why is it called the death cafe? Yeah. What kind of... It's not a bit. Look it up. There is a death cafe in Dunville. I hope it's still there. I hope it survived I... the pandemic. I hope it didn't yeah. die and well, close down. Cafe, survive the pandemic then there's something wrong with their marketing because i mean <laughs> yeah yeah there are two that's things that's in life that you can't avoid it's death and yeah. taxes so that yeah. death cafe will be there forever I, and, and if you haven't been please go i haven't even been i think i'm gonna go this summer just yeah <laughs> <laughs> so now what do you have going on for coming up do you have anything booked i mean like it's kind of they're slowly reopening yeah toronto happening Got a whole bunch of uh, outdoor shows, like some uh, a rooftop thing next week. That's pretty cool. Um, some park shows. I am, yeah, slowly easing back into it. I've got uh, a big announcement coming sometime in the next two months or so, but I have to keep it hush-hush for now. So, I don't know, fans of mine, stay tuned because something big is coming. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's all. I mean, that's that's good. It builds suspense. I love that. You know, I really wanted to have this chat with you. And uh, is there anything else you want to bring up about what you've been going through? Anything that we didn't cover? 
I still got plenty of time. I still got 20 minutes oh. if you want to stretch it. But like, I, I, I do. I, I, there's one more question I wanted to ask. And as of now, I'm looking through my phone because I had things written down. And now, of course, my notepad disappears. Hold on. And I always put this on Do Not Disturb. And people constantly, constantly text me while I'm doing this. And I'm like, oh, now. I'm Sorry, I sent you a link. Uh, also, by the way, I hope I didn't yes. like just pigeonhole you by being like, no, let's keep going for 20 minutes. Absolutely like, not, if you're if you're exhausted and you want to no, check I out, <laughs> I, I edit this so that there's not even a a, a pause. Like, so oh. it sounds effortless. You know? Okay, cool. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a fiend when it comes to editing. Like, even myself, if I stumble over words, I will go down to like the millisecond where I go like, uh, uh, and I'll take it out. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, because you know this is this is the power of having an editing. Constantly oh running. man now I mean, your pod your podcast is very much different you just kind of let it rip and then that's it there's no editing really that i can yeah i can't bear listening back to it if i'm feeling <laughs> spun like if i'm feeling spunky and while i'm going to the grocery store i might throw it on but then that just feels so self-indulgent so usually after five minutes i'm like <laughs> turn it off I just, I just feel so gross and narcissistic yeah, this is the okay. This is the one. Uh, I just listened to the last episode, and one thing I wanted to ask about was you're in the gaming community, and you were talking about bussy popping. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> how you weren't sure. Now, let me educate the folks at home for a minute. Uh, bussy popping was the handle of a gamer online, and he had a pride flag as his like image. And uh, bussy, spelled B-U-S-S-Y, uh, is the sort of gay slang for a uh, male's ass <laughs> but yeah. they equate it as a boy pussy now not a word i like to use but hey they they don't call it this i think it's a bit extra but what are you gonna do <laughs> so Val, your your whole your whole uh sort of conflict here was is this person actually supporting this or is it all done with like cruel irony and i think that's really important because you said in the gaming community especially you still see a lot of this sort of you know defamatory language and you know slurs Tell me about that because I'm not a gamer. So, yeah, I mean, the gaming community is embarrassingly juvenile, of course. <laughs> and are these adults you're playing with, or do you not even know? Absolutely, in most cases, they are. I mean, you you obviously can't see the person on the other side of the screen, but like, if if meta statistics are to be believed, like yeah. the biggest gaming demographic is like 25 to 35 or something oh, like yeah. that. They're like our generation. Absolutely. So. So, and in most cases, you know, these are, in most cases, I'm going to say, these are maladjusted men who can't stand the thought of losing a fucking dodgeball game online and will lose <laughs> their goddamn minds. And and it's some kind of affront to their uh, esteem, right? So It's like all the poor sports that you had in high school are now online and gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So they'll, and it used to be the case that they used to be able to get away with just saying the most vitriolic, disgusting things. Yeah. But now, um, I mean, this particular dodgeball game, they've, it's kind of sad that they had to do this, but they've eliminated uh, any sort of communication among players. You see, I so, said that. Yeah, and and I think that's telling, but sad that it like we can't even be trusted to behave in any sort of dignified way that our freedoms have just been taken from us. The freedom yeah. to speak openly to each other. Yeah. But I get it. I get it. Right. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. Uh, because so, I yeah. Think, yeah. I mean, like it's hard to, you know, police. Not really police. But, like to have some sort of, you know to make an online space you know not a place for attack or for you know people to be cruel because i mean 
it's hard enough to do that in the world, let alone online. But I just found it, you know, it, it's it's incredible to me that, you know, it just seems like they have this space where maybe there's a bit of, you know, reverting back to childhood and suddenly, you know, all of those rules that we learned about what being a good human being is are suddenly out the window because yeah. competitive, you know, nature comes, comes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so really like I just had this thought where in this game where I'm, I'm unable to follow up on this person and be like, Hey, I see your pride flag. Do you see my trans one? Like, let's, let's be pals. Yeah. Do you, do you game? Let's get together. And, and I can't do that. So I'm kind of left I can't communicate with this person to check in and be like, hi, uh, what's your deal? Are, are <laughs> you joking or, or what? Yeah. So it's, I just find the irony actually kind of, kind of funny that I am literally, I can't distinguish between these two far extremes from each other that happen to be almost the same thing in a way. This, of uh, this, uh, exaggerated, obtuse, like show of of homosexuality, which could be which could be pride. This wonderful show of like authenticity and ownership of who you are. Bussy popping, go for it. If your bussy yeah, is popping, could, could be cheeky. You know, I mean, celebrate it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Or either that, or just some basic troglodyte who's just trying to parody parody exactly what I just described, and it's funny to think that there is such a fine line between the two in this situation i would have to say though weighing in if somebody knows enough gay lingo to know what pussy means and uses it as a handle they're probably not straight like yeah. i would just say like that's that's advanced trolling like you you did research you asked <laughs> kids what's the lingo just to like use that as an entrapment so i think I would err on the side that Bussy Poppin, and if you're listening, Bussy Poppin, you know, maybe shoot us a comment. Let me know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that would be a safe, you know, uh, indicator that they're probably genuine. But again, I, I, I'm famously wrong and I want that stitched on a pillow. So. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I bet you're right. I'm willing to bet you're right. Either that or if they're doing the whole like, oh, I'm making fun of gay people. They're, they've probably got a pretty full closet. <laughs> they're probably dealing with something yeah, to my to my experience like people who make fun of lg like their jokes are not funny they're not clever they're just basically stupid but yeah comes from the cruelty so like I, I i would not give them that level of irony or advancement to make something that complex that's a really, really good point <laughs> they're operating at a very basic level of what they consider humor you know it's just you know cruelty with you know <laughs> added in yeah yeah no that's a good point this they're is you know <laughs> this is far too Andy Kaufman sophisticated <laughs> to be any sort of troll. Or could be wrong. It could be one of the greatest trolls in human history. Just yeah. lurking on these game boards, waiting to you know just show their their true self. Exactly. This guy could be some next level uh, a comedian who's like he's got a husband and everything, and then in, <laughs> in five years he'll be like, I was never gay, psych, idiots. My pussy's <laughs> popping now. <laughs> yeah. God, let's hope not. But I, I have to again thank you from the bottom of my heart for I've been dying to talk to you for so long. And uh uh, you know, June who knew June for teachers would be really, really, really busy. Ah, me, that's who. But uh 
I, I just thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I just uh, I want to thank you so much. And again, you know, I I've always admired your work, like not just because I think you're gorgeous, but either as man or woman doesn't matter. Like it's just it's a universal compliment. And I always found your comedy to be, you know, next level. And I'm just so happy for your success. And as you go through this, you know, you have my full support and I know you're going to what, whatever ha- happens, it's going to be great. And listen to Al's podcast, Podgest. It's on Spotify. I try to get on Spotify, but. I don't know why I'm not, but maybe this will put me over. But uh, now I'm promoting one of their own. But uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, to do this as my season one closer. I couldn't think about anyone better. Oh, man, Patrick, what do I say to all that? You're just you're such a sweetheart. And uh, I think you're hilarious, too. I always love your act. And and more more importantly than that, I think your your character is just so just so strong and sweet and wonderful to be around you just you you lift everybody up around you and i i see that and i appreciate it so because they're worth always, lifting uh, see it's always it's just always a pleasure and i'm Absolutely. it's thank you for having me well al and i are gonna go jerk each other off now and uh <laughs> end the podcast and again you've got some place to be but uh again i thank you for your time and uh i i will we will see each other in person soon god hoping that the gray turns to I don't know, yellow, whatever these colors. I don't even know the codes anymore. It's like, just when everyone gets a fucking inoculation, just get your fucking shot. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrate pride, get your fucking shot. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, my darling. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. And I'm Patrick Alexander. And uh, that was episode 10. Al, thank you so, so much, really, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Al Val in his own words. Uh, you can catch Val many, many places, actually. Uh, I'm going to ask him for some deets, and again, I'll be promoting that on all of my social media, as I like to promote all of my awesome friends. And to those friends, the ones that were on the podcast, the one that asked to be on the podcast, don't worry, I see you, I love you. Season two is coming, probably at the end of summer, because that needs a vacation. Uh, I'd like to thank anyone who's listened to this, all nine of you. Uh, my mom and dad for always listening, uh, my friends, my brother, uh, and anyone who supported me, uh, who, who always said to me as I was thinking about doing this, dear God, don't do another podcast. There's too damn many of those already. I thank you for allowing me to, uh, reject that advice. And I hope those of you that have listened, enjoyed, uh, my first season. Uh, you know, I really didn't know where this was going to go. And if you listen from the first episode till now, uh, a lot less sound effects and a lot less like, woo, woo, all that kind of shit. Uh, just a lot more talk, a lot more morality. And I've been so blessed to be able to do this. And uh, I will definitely come back for a season two if you'll have me. And even if you won't, I don't care. Whatever, I do what I want. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. And again, I will be back. Uh, hopefully you can catch me doing stand-up sometime in the summer. Uh, or at least the, the twilight of summer into the early fall. It, somewhere, all right? Virtually or not. Hopefully not. I'm so sick of looking at black screens. I really am. Uh, But anyway, that was season one. This was episode 10. And uh, I'm Patrick Alexander. I do it all. I produce, I write, and, well, write. I can't just talk. And uh, I do all the promo for this. So if you like me, you're interested in me, you know where to find me. You know where to contact me. And uh, I I don't know how to end things. So I'll just say, you know, good show. Thank you. Or, uh, you know, uh, 
farewell, you know, Alfida Zane. I, I don't know. Uh, thanks, everybody. I'm, I'm going to stop now and uh, maybe exhale. So anyway, it's been a blast, and uh, I'll see you in season two. Bye. Left you outcast for leader teased Rejoice and love yourself today Cause baby, you were born this no way No matter gay, straight or bi Lesbian, transgender, life I'm on the right